0: And welcome to the Perfect Gentleman podcast. This is episode 40. I am Zach of barfield 1PG, the founder of The Perfect Gentleman, and alongside me is the prancing, the cupidic. How are you, sir?
1: <laughs> I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm feeling quite festive as we, as we canter towards Christmas.
0: Going for the uh, every reindeer to introduce you. Bye-bye Christmas.
1: Excellent. I'll look forward to that.
0: <laughs> How has your week been, sir? Very good.
1: Um, we've got decorations up. We have a tree. We have everything we need. It's 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 looking. Um, it's starting to feel a lot like Christmas. Almost breaking into song there, I
0: hear. Best I don't go all the way. I'm with you on that one. Christmas carols for me are best sung together with a group that I can hide in. Yes. As we are on the festive spirit of festive Christmas, uh, our cultural reviews are a little bit different. We're going to talk about some gift ideas, some book ideas for Christmas, for gifts for people. Uh, And then we're going to sort of do our favourite Christmas movies.
1: Yes, I'm looking forward to that.
0: That should be fun. Christmas books, you've read a couple of books this last few months? I've been reading... Many, many books, far more than normal.
1: I think it's something to do with the Dark Knights. I've got two that I'm going to talk about. So neither are particularly festively themed, but they're both really good books that I've read recently. So the first one has a slightly rude title. It's called Hardcore Self Help, and it's part of this Hardcore Self Help series by Robert Duff. And it's called F Star Star K Anxiety. <laughs> and that actually is the name. It's not just me being careful of people's ears. That's what it's about. But basically, It's a self-help book for people who don't like self-help books. Excellent. As you know, and some of the listeners may do, I've had a bit of an issue with anxiety and depression for a while, and I've been working on it and doing things and things that are going very well. This particular book is a very fun and well-put-together approach to dealing with the sort of negative thinking that comes along with that. I wouldn't say it's something that you should use just by itself. If you do suffer from anxiety or depression and you haven't spoken to anyone about it, do, because it makes a world of difference. My family doctor has been magnificent. There's far more people than you think who have these kinds of problems. And just like you wouldn't try and fight your way through a flu without getting a pain relief or a hot lemon drink, you can't really fight your way through depression or anxiety just by wishful thinking. So you do need to get help. And books like this one are really useful. But if, like me, you find a lot of Self-help books full of too much fluff, a bit of nonsense and not actually getting down to the brass tacks. This hardcore self-help series is really, really good. It's quite sweary, as you would expect from the title. It's funny, but it has really, really good actionable things that you can do. Everything from cognitive behavioural therapy-based approaches, looking at the way you think and and what how that affects your body, through to talking to people who just don't get it, of which there are many, It's only a short read. It's a couple of hundred pages. It's fun. I think it speaks to me as a man more than a lot of the self-help books I've read. I would recommend it.
0: I haven't read that one. I mean, I've read a huge amount of of personal development literature over the course of my life. It's one of my areas of expertise, as it were. I love psychology and what makes us tick and personal development and self-help. I actually don't like the term self-help. Yeah, it's not helpful. It isn't helpful, actually, no. Personal development, I like, is not so bad. As you say, I mean, we all go through bouts of depression and anxiety. Um, I have over the course of my life. You need some help, and sometimes it's a friend, sometimes it's religion, sometimes it's a book, and sometimes it's a great therapist or a combination of all of those. But a great book is really simple. I should put it on my stocking list for Christmas. <laughs> You know, we're now talking much more about depression and anxiety. Always, always, whenever I feel myself having trouble or having anxiety or feeling those feelings, I always remind myself that one of the greatest British people that ever lived, Sir Winston Churchill, suffered terribly from depression. He called them black dog days.
1: That term is used an awful lot. My GP was when I went in and said, I don't know if this is something you can help with or if you can. The first thing he did was talk to me about black dog days.
0: If Churchill can be the, the person that he was uh, and did all the things he did and suffer like he did, we can do it.
1: It's just something you learn to manage, you learn to deal with, and some days are better than others. But books like this one, going to see your GP...
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it's doing simple things like exercising, surrounding yourself by happy people, good conversations with people about stuff, watching good movies that make you happy, making sure that you control your own state i think is incredibly important
1: i think that's exactly right and just don't try and do it by yourself so my second book shall i talk about that go for it sir go for it what's the second stocking filler for the christmas so this is a slightly different one as you know i'm really interested in martial arts self-defense that kind of thing probably about 12 years ago now maybe a little bit more i came across a guy called jerry wetzel who's a californian mixed martial arts boxing jiu-jitsu coach And he did this red zone knife defense approach, which is fantastic. And there are DVDs and YouTube stuff out there. But a few years ago, he wrote a book called Red Zone Prime. It's a foundation for personal protection. And it's different to your standard sort of self-defense book. I had the opportunity to train with Jerry probably last month now. His approach that I that that I love is that he looks at the majority of self protection, self defence books as needlessly raising your fears. That they sort of pretend there's a boogeyman out there to get you and that you have to have these horror stories in order to train. He doesn't do that. He gets away from all of the power fantasy stuff, the I'm gonna be just like Jackie Chan and, and and beat everybody up, the fear. It's just a really straightforward, funny but really, really functional approach to self-defense. Jerry's probably one of the best guys I would recommend on this topic, having read his books, seen his DVDs, and trained with him. And Red Zone Prime, this first book, is probably the ideal way into it. It's got things about techniques, lifestyle approaches, how to deal with pre-fight things. So when someone's potentially going to cause trouble, or they may not, or maybe they're looking to to give you trouble, and it's all of that covered, but in a way that doesn't look to artificially raise your fear or make you feel that you're under threat all the time. It's a realistic, sensible approach, which is great. And Jerry's just an all-around great guy. His way of writing just has me chuckling. If you're interested in self-defense martial arts, you know somebody who is this would make an excellent book for them.
0: Fantastic. I think you're right. I think a lot of books and martial arts people project this image that it's kill or be killed, and it's a bit crazy. It is.
1: If I think back to when I was really heavily involved in that sort of training and I was doing the security work for nightclubs and pubs, it didn't make me happy. It made me frightened. The training I'm doing now, which is much more of this type, it's functional skills, boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, a little bit of Thai boxing, with some self defense applications. That's great physical training, but it's also a lot of fun. What I'm not doing is the sort of stuff that Jerry rightly criticizes, which is spending all my time worrying about something that is not very likely to happen. I'm building the skills that if it does happen, I can deal with it. But actually, my main focus is on being happy and healthy and well. Those are the things which are much more likely to do you in than being attacked by five ninjas in in an alley.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and also unless you are doing a job where you're going to be put to yourself in those situations... There's no need to be like that. You'll say, you know, stupid places, stupid things, stupid people.
1: Yep, take away one of those three and you'll probably be okay. Even in a city like London, the risk of the sort of thing that are taught in a lot of the traditional self-defence community, it just doesn't exist like that. You know, you're far more at risk from ill health because of stress or because of a lack of fitness. Young men, 15, 25, are the people who are most at risk of being assaulted everybody's at risk to some degree. But if we're looking at the best way to spend our time to deal with those sorts of risks, being healthy and fit is far more important than learning to stab on someone's head when you've knocked them down. Much better, do something with an athletic basis to it that gives you those self-defense skills and gives you the fitness and has a fun social side. Totally agree.
0: That's another great book for the Christmas stocking. My book choice for your Christmas stocking is an author called Matthew Riley, He's an Australian gentleman who uh, started writing in... 1996 was his first book, which he self-published, called Contest, and then was discovered by a commissioning editor from Pam Macmillan who found a copy of his book and signed him to a two-book deal. And he's gone on now to have massive global success. Over 7 million copies of his books worldwide, written in 20 languages. His books are... They are book versions of massive budget action movie okay so they are fun great adventures great heroes that thing where you kind of suspend belief it's heart racing it's one thing leads to the next thing leads to the next thing and then you get a a small breather while they explain something that's going on and then they're back into the next adventure bit his latest books just come out called The Four Legendary Kingdoms which is the the fourth in a series of books with his hero Jack West Jr but he's got another series with a gentleman called Scarecrow or Shane Schofield and then he's written half a dozen other standalone novels but they're all fun they're all a great romp he likes his history so they've generally got a lot of historical references to them but they're like basically book versions of Indiana Jones movies or boys own action adventure movies they're just absolutely fabulous.
1: Fantastic, I think I'm going to check that out because I love that kind of book,
0: so some interesting reads there for our Christmas stockings, I think, James. yes, indeed, Christmas movies are you a fan?
1: There are certain films that really signify Christmas to me, and they're not traditional Christmas films, but they're ones that I always like to watch at Christmas time. okay, well, see for me, it's not Christmas until I've seen Hans Gruber thrown oh. off the top <laughs> of Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. Yes. (laughs) It is a Christmas movie. It is,
1: but it's not one with Santa Claus or Reindeer. But yeah, Die Hard. If anybody hasn't seen it, go and fix that. Especially this time of year. Die Hard's such a fun film. For me, it's the Christmas movie.
0: I understand that, absolutely. It's a fantastic movie. It's like the other movie that I forget is a Christmas movie, is Lethal Weapon.
1: Yes, yes, of course it is. No, I'd forgotten that as well. Oh, I haven't seen that for a long time. I should fix that.
0: Yeah, the original Lethal Weapon movie is a Christmas movie. Very funny that those two action movies are actually Christmas movies. They're set around and about Christmas. I haven't watched Lethal Weapon for a few years,
1: so I'll have to see if I can get that through Netflix or something.
0: Well worth catching up with. The original Lethal Weapon is a fantastic movie, as is the original Die Hard. They're fantastic movies.
1: I think I have a VHS cassette of Lethal Weapon somewhere. I don't have any way of playing it, but I'm sure I have the cassette. <laughs> so any other Christmas movies that you like? The other one, which is a regular Christmas ritual for me and my other half, normally after I've finished my last working day, which is normally Christmas Eve or the day before, get home and we have lazy food, sort of tomato soup and cheese toastie, something like that, and watch The Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Oh, Tim Burton, what a wonderful movie.
1: I love that film. It's silly and it's fun. It's just a proper Christmas film. With a little bit of a different edge to it. Jack Skellington as the Pumpkin King and Sally the Ragdoll.
0: And I just love the characters. I love the voices in them. I couldn't agree with you more. It's a lovely movie. It's kind of a weirdly almost anti-Christmas Christmas Christmas movie. Yes. So Nightmare Before Christmas and Die Hard are your Christmas traditional movies. Any any others? I always like a Bond at Christmas. Whichever
1: is the latest one. Normally whatever's on TV. And also I like the old action films that you get. So something like The Eagle Has Landed or Escape to Victory or something like that. Yeah, it's something, something uncomplicated and, 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 and fun.
0: Bond is a tradition in Christmas. And uh, family tradition in our household, always at Christmas, is uh, singing in the rain. Great, Phil. Not very Christmassy, but definitely a family Christmas tradition. As I said in the other podcast the other week, I've sort of gone back to being liking Christmas a lot. So I've, I've become a little bit more Christmassy. But I have always liked... A Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, I've never seen it. Charlie Brown Christmas is a staple at American television for Christmas time. It was released in nineteen sixty five originally and it's been on I think it's been on every Christmas ever since. It's one of those things that I had a lot of American friends growing up, but I've always loved Snoopy and Charlie Brown. It's always been my one of my favourite comic strips. And I just love the movie. It's very sweet, it's very heartwarming, it's nice, it's family friendly, it's silly and just a beautiful little piece of movie. It's well worth watching if you haven't seen it before. And then my brother and I love Scrooge. <laughs> yes. Bill Murray and Scrooge is just hilarious. It's one of my favourite takes on that on The Christmas Carol. Just fantastic. Very funny, very silly, and just a very nice modern take on The Christmas Carol. And Bill Murray is just hilarious to watch doing it. That's, that's another one I haven't seen for, for too long. So that's some cultural reviews for you listeners out there. If you have any suggestions or thoughts about what, christmas book stockings you would like to put in someone's stocking for christmas or you have christmas movies that we have mentioned that are favorites of yours we steered clear of the traditionals it's a wonderful life i think everyone knows that one but what unusual christmas movies for you drop us a line it's inquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv or mention us on twitter instagram or facebook we'd love to hear from you it's always a pleasure to interact with our listeners and in the meantime we're going to talk a little bit about a unsung gentleman hero as it is christmas we really should talk about saint nicholas santa claus kris kringle papa noel papa noel yes the father christmas himself i think he is an unsung gentleman hero I think
1: so. You know, everyone loves him because he brings presents. But the idea behind Santa Claus and the story
0: behind it, it's quite a lovely one. As yes, you say, the gifts are one thing, but it is really about being good cheer, peace, joy and revelry. It's a feast. He's a, the founder of the Christmas feast. Well, St. Nicholas, he's the Greek Christian bishop who allegedly gives myrrh to Jesus Christ. I believe so. just knowledge comes back to me. He would give people money and gifts and look after them i think is a very good thing to do
1: one of the things that i really like and i always have a soft spot for are the chaps who dress up as father christmas especially for children either parties or in shopping centers or what have you i've done it a couple of times when my mum was still working and she was teaching in a special school it's fun but it's hard work and those guys who do that day in day out just to make kids happy i think are quite splendid
0: i have never done that actually really you'd be so good at it Maybe I should. Maybe this year. So if anyone wants me to dress up as Father Christmas, let us know. I'll happily do it. I'll turn up anywhere in the UK. Further afield might be a bit challenge. I don't have the reindeer to hand. Could get some interesting offers from that one. (laughs) (laughs) We shall see. I always love the thing about how the uniform of Santa Claus, what we knew Father Christmas to be now. It was fascinating because it was the portly, generous, white-bearded man with spectacles and the red coat and the fur cluffs. Though comes from a poem, a visit from St Nicholas, written by Thomas Nast, it was really, really made popular by Coca-Cola. Yes, indeed. You know, originally Santa Claus was green and gold, I think, was the original colours. Quite possibly.
1: That would kind of make sense because they're your Christmas colours, really.
0: Santa Claus, he's a gentleman hero. He gives presents, he makes people happy. He's always respect. And he dresses well, even if it's a bold and bright. But he makes an effort.
1: Indeed, and actually, one of the interesting stories about the early Father Christmas, Winter Leader of the Feasts, is this idea of the Lord of Misrule mm. or the Abbot of Unreason, if you're a Scot, whose job it was to make sure. And it was normally a peasant or a churchman who was to be in charge of Christmas parties, especially drunkenness and wild partying. So all linked in with Saturnalia and that sort of thing someone who gives up their time to organize the fun of others that's a good thing we might not all want to drink to excess and, and revel in that way but somebody who's taken it upon themselves to volunteer to be
0: the one who organizes the fun that's a gentlemanly thing to do if you uh have any other christmas unsung gentleman that you'd like to uh, <clears throat> like to share with us please feel free and if you want to track santa which i love oh to the norad santa tracker i love the fact that they actually track santa norad does track center nasa track center and now with all the amazing technology we can track center very very well anyway ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening to us it's another podcast week gone uh, we'll be back next week a few more fun things to do we'll be doing some product reviews so if you have any uh, last minute presents that you want to buy we'll be doing an extended gift guide we'll be talking about some gifts we'll be talking about how to deal with the difficulties of christmas holidays it
1: can be a bit hard but that's
0: all for next week Lovely to speak to you again, James. And you my friend. Keep it festive, keep it fun. Indeed. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by The Perfect Gentleman Group Limited and was edited by Andy Nichol at Pistachio Palace.